The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of We Got Next here on MMAfighting.com's podcasting network as we are shining the spotlight on the next wave of fighters in a position to make a name for themselves in this crazy sport we love so much, mixed martial arts. I am Mike Heck. Thank you for checking out the show this week, and thank you for such a positive response last week on the debut episode of the show. Very happy with how many people gave it a shot, and we're back again this week. We have three guests in store for the program, different stories, different places, different trajectories. So let's run down the lineup and we will get to our first guest this week. We will wrap things up with Mike Breeden. He'll be actually be making his UFC debut on short notice this Saturday. By the time he got word he was in to face Alexander Hernandez at UFC Vegas 38 to the time he makes the walk, about 10 days notice for Mike. He's in for Leonardo Santos. And if you recall... Mike Breeden fought on the Contender Series last summer. He lost the decision to Anthony Romero, a guy that pretty much everybody thought should have gotten a contract. He did not. And Mike Breeden gets to the UFC before Anthony Romero does. How about that? But And also, just to add some context to that, for those who didn't know, Romero actually just lost a couple of weeks ago for the first time in his career at Fury FC in Texas. Dropped a split decision to J.J. Okanovich and... Breeden, since the Contender Series fight and the leg injury he suffered in that fight, back-to-back wins, got a finish mixed in there, so he gets a shot on Saturday. We will chat with him to wrap things up. Mo Miller will join us, who became the first person during this season of the Contender Series to win a fight 
and not get a contract despite a dominant win over previously undefeated Brandon Lewis. A lot of people felt he should have gotten a contract. Some folks thought Mo Miller seemed a little bit off in that fight, and the latter, at least according to Mo Miller, seems to be true. And he gets into that in much more in around 20 minutes or so. But first, we'll be joined by a woman who did get a contract on that card. She had a back-and-forth battle to kick off that event. It was a six-fight card that week at the Apex in Las Vegas, and she got a hard-fought victory and a UFC contract to boot. Jasmine Jazdavizius. So we're going to get to her, then we'll get to Mo Miller, then we'll get wrap things up with Mike Breeden, and then we'll get back together and exit towards the end of the program. So kicking things off right now, Jasmine Jazdavizius. <laughs> say hello to one of the newest members of the UFC roster. She earned a unanimous decision over a very game Julia Palastri this past Tuesday on Dana White's Contender Series. And with that, she was awarded a UFC contract. Canada, stand up for Woo. Jasmine Jazdavizius. Jasmine, how are you? I'm doing awesome. How about you? I'm doing great. So as we record, it's been a little less than three days since everything happened. How does yeah. it all feel? Does it feel real yet that you're in the UFC right now? Um, yes and no, like, uh, it, I mean, there's like some things that kind of make it like set in more, but, um, every once in a while I'll be like, Oh shit. Like <laughs> I actually like did it like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it's pretty wild. Cause for, for those who aren't aware, you and I, we've been having these chats since the beginning of your pro career. I think that the first time we talked, yeah. it was right before, you fought Kylie O'Hearn for Cage Titans, and that fight That's was nearly, right. yeah, it was nearly two years ago to the day that you got your Contender Series fight and got a UFC contract. I mean, this is something you've been shooting for since day one. But did you think two years after that fight with Kylie that you'd be where you're at right now, or did you think it would take a little bit longer? No, um, you know, I never really like thought about a timeline, but. Uh, when you say it, that it's been like two years, I'm like, holy, that's crazy. Like, that's fast. I literally, I remember like sitting there having that, that this conversation, like back, like, oh, getting ready for this Kylie O'Hearn fight, blah, 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 everything. Like it, it, it's crazy that it's, that it's only been two years and we're at this point right now. From what I understand and correct me if I'm wrong, from what I gathered, there, there was a big push to get you on the contender series last year. Of course, we had the pandemic we were dealing with and we're still dealing with it now, but from kind of what I gather, it seemed like the matchmakers in the UFC brass, they wanted you to get a little more seasoning, a little more experience before you got that shot. Obviously you got some reps in with CFFC. You won some fights. You lost a split decision for the Strawway title in a fight that a lot of people, including myself, thought you won against Elise Reed, who was also now in the UFC, coincidentally enough. Is that accurate? Were there hopes and talks that you may have gotten a fight on the Contender Series last year? Yeah, I mean, there was always, there's always hopes on, on my part, right? And, um, but, you know, it's, it's up to them when they, they, when they think you're ready. And uh, I'm happy that they, they thought I was ready now and awarded me a contract. But I, uh, yeah, of course, I, I would have taken the opportunity before if, if it was offered to me, but I'm happy that it took the time and I've got that uh, extra experience and uh, just some more time in the gym under my belt. Now, next time I go in, it's going to be more, I'm going to be more prepared. So let's talk about Tuesday and the fight week in general. 
was. What did you make of it all? Like being in the apex, going through the reps, going through the, the UFC PR machine, they get you in all different directions, the weigh-ins, et cetera. Like, what was that experience like for you? It was nuts. I, uh, it, it was like surreal. There was like some points that I just kind of like stop and like look around and be like, is this actually happening? This is wild as hell. Like I, I couldn't believe it. There's like cameras all over, see myself on the screen. And I, I knew that that was all going to be there, but just like seeing it happen, it, it was different. And, um, uh, but it was, I, I, thought that I was going to like feel a little bit uncomfortable, like seeing the cameras and like seeing me and everything, but I really liked it. <laughs> so, so I guess that's good. <laughs> Maybe that's my, my ego being filled and I, I shouldn't like it that much, but ah, whatever. <laughs> what, 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 I remember like heading into that first interview I did with you. One of the things that, that sort of stood out to me was you walked out to a classic nineties hip hop song, more of a reggae style sweat, the ah, la 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 song yeah. that, that you've, you've sort of made that your own, like your, your own walk on music. What was it like for you to walk in with nothing, no music, no nothing, just that silence behind it. <laughs> uh, I hated it. Like, I, I mean, I was obviously ecstatic for, for being there, but like when I walked through those doors and it was so silent, it was so uncomfortable <laughs> and I'm like, well, this is it. Like I, I had, I knew that that was going to be an uncomfortable thing for me because I have fought in the, in the past where there was no fans. And I remember that like really, really like hitting when I, when I walked out, I love fighting in front of people. I love a crowd. I love like hearing people, the screams, everything. I think it just brings a whole different energy. So I knew that, that that was going to be different. So I had uh, like, previous before the fight you know made sure i i thought about that and visualize all that kind of stuff and um like to prepare myself for that moment but it's still you know when you jump into really cold water and it takes your breath away for a second but then you're you're able to get it back that's kind of like what it was like like for that split second i was in a panic and then i no, we know, we know this feeling we've been here before. And then, you know, talked my way through it. And then I, next new thing I knew I'm standing in front of the octagon, getting ready to go in there. There you go. And the, and the fight was really good. You dominated the first had her in some big trouble early. You got 10, eight rounds across the board from the judges. And you were very, very close to stopping her at the end of the round. The referee was looking very, very closely. Do you feel like if you had another 10 seconds, you would have gotten her out of there in the first? Yeah, for sure. I tried so hard to put her on that first round. Oh, so hard. I I bet you if there was like three more seconds, the, the ref was standing right over us. Like he could see that she was in danger and that I was like raining down those hard, hard shots uh, with like the elbows and shit. So it, uh, if I had a couple more seconds, it would have been a first round finish, but I'm happy that it didn't because now I got extra time in, in the cage and, uh, you know, those, those nerves and, uh, trying to go for the, a lot of time you, you go for the finish and then you lose the decision. Fortunately, I won the decision, but, um, definitely used a lot of energy and, uh, you know, tactfully, I'll, I'll, I know this for the future. And so I'll have to have to do that better. But I said that after my last fight, you know, I gassed myself in the first trying to finish her. And so clearly haven't learned that lesson yet. <laughs> yeah. Did, did you feel like you got a little more tired than you expected in that second round because of how the first round ended? Yeah, I was definitely more tired, but I was prepared for that. I, I, uh, 
I kind of told myself that uh, if it becomes a dog fight, like we've been here, we, we know what it's like. I, I've been, I've done those hard rounds. Like I, I kind of wanted to make it a little bit of a dog fight because I didn't know if she had been there. And uh, obviously she has, she was, she was tough as nails, but uh, yeah, I, I was, I was ready. And I, I, it's like, I, I knew what we were going to do before I even knew we were going to do it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Cause, cause it seemed like the tide began to turn a little bit in the second round, the, the fight played out on the feet a little bit. She got a little more comfortable and she won the round. What was the conversation like in the corner between the second and third rounds? Um, I think I forget what the guys told me. I think set up, uh, set up my takedowns because so the very first takedown was super easy. So I almost like, like lost respect for her takedown defense. So I figured I'm like, ah, oh, I can just, I can just shoot whenever I please and I'll, and I'll get it. And then she must not have just been ready for that first one, you know? And, uh, so then in the third round, I think she stuffed one maybe or two or something like that of my, my takedowns. And then I'm like, Oh shit. That, that's why they said, set them up with your hands. Um, she, you know, she made the, the adjustment and luckily I did too after that. But, um, yeah, sorry, I forget your question. I just started rambling. <laughs> yeah, what, what what the conversation was like? Uh, oh yeah, between the you. yeah yeah yeah. Um, no, I don't remember exactly what they told me going into the third, but it was like you know make make sure you're winning this round. Like just in, they they thought that I won the first two rounds, but um, yeah, they they wanted me to to make sure I'm winning the third just because it is it you know you never know if you leave it in the judges' hands. Like try to get the finish. Yeah. I mean, you showed a lot of heart, a lot of grit in that third round. You were walking through punches, you were landing your own, and then you get the takedown. And, and I think that's what won you the fight in the long run. But were you nervous at all before the scorecards were read? I'm sure once you heard 29, 27, you were like, all right, I won. Yeah. Uh, I was super nervous because if you remember my loss, I thought I won that fight. And so I was sitting there like pretty confidently and then my hand didn't get raised. So I was nervous as hell. I didn't want, I didn't, I had that same like feeling in my stomach. Like what if this doesn't go my way? But, um, when I, when I heard that, that, uh, the, the score, then I was like, okay, I know I won that first round dominantly. So I think I'm good, but like, just hold here strong. Just wait till you feel like that hand being raised. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not the first time. I mean, well, not, that was the first time. But that's not the only time that you felt that way throughout the night. Cause contender series, especially when you fight first and you're on a six fight card. So you're just waiting and waiting and waiting yeah. to be read. And we saw five contracts given out in each of the first two weeks. And, you know, especially on this card, as you're watching it play out, there's some big finishes. There's an insane fight that happened right after yours. Yeah. How would you, how would you sort of describe the moments when you're sitting in the chair, the last fight ended, they're talking about your fight you're seeing all the, here's how I would, I would dull out the contracts from the commentators and now you're waiting for Dana to come out and make his decision. What were those moments like for you? I was super nervous. I was just like, like, I hope, I hope I get a contract. Cause I was, I was worried. It went to decision. You know, he's, he's not usually giving, uh, given contracts out when it's going to decision. And so I was super concerned about that. And obviously that fight after mine was nuts. Um, I watched like, 
I kind of watched the cards like or the rest of the card loosely, but uh, I was like in in the back, you know, re, like get getting some food in me and chilling, talking to my coaches. Um, but so I I didn't watch I didn't watch the rest of the fights like uh, a ton, but I I watched them enough to know that they that there was <laughs> that there was really good fights, and so. When I was sitting there, I was so, so nervous. And then once Dana came through for me, then I was like ecstatic. Ah, uh, my dog. He's just so fun. They ring the doorbell. <laughs> he goes crazy. He's resting, and there we are. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so then he says, "Come get your contract." You were probably just like, "Whew, here we go." What was that yeah. moment like? I mean, you're in. You made it. All the nerves are gone. Yeah, it was, it, it was, uh, you know, best day in my life. Like it, it, cha- it completely changed my life. I was, I was so happy right when I saw him, I gave him the biggest hug because it's like, I can't thank him enough for, for he's like, he's the one that changed my life. He's the one that made the decision that I'm, I'm ready to be in the UFC. And, uh, yeah, it was just, I was so, uh, so thankful to him. Dana said, like right after you got up to walk over to get your contract, he tells Laura Sanko, essentially, Jasmine told me she's going to stay in Vegas for a couple more weeks. She's ready. Put me on one of these cards if you need me. Is that still the plan? We're going to hang out in Vegas and hope that phone rings? Yeah, I'm here. Like uh, Aaron Jeffries, he's fighting in two weeks. So we're staying here to uh, for his fight. Like Chris is his coach as well. So he's in his corner and I figure I might as well stay. I'm already in Vegas. Um and, uh, you know, I want to support him and watch his fight. So, yeah, that's a plan. I mean, if, if there's a short notice thing and a, a girl a girl pulls out, then, then I'm available. Like, this is all pretty much healed up. And, um, but, uh, you know, we'll see. Like, my, my manager and Mick are talking. And uh, we'll see what they, they – I, I don't get to be privy with the, these conversations. They're the ones that, that make the decisions for me. So I don't know when I'm in there, but I'm looking forward to it regardless. Okay, so you don't have to give details since you don't probably know everything. But has <laughs> there been conver- – like, has there been conversation? Like, I know the UFC likes to turn fighters coming out the show around rather quickly if they're healthy – has there been any discussions in terms of when they're going to get you in there yet or just nothing to this point? I, I have no idea. I did like, I've gotten a, a bunch of emails, like just like welcoming me to the UFC and like all like kind of the, you know, the back end stuff that has to be done. So, I mean, I, I don't know what hit, what uh, Mick and my manager are talking about or my coaches or anything like that. That's, that's all their business. I'm just here to fight. That, that's what they do. You're staying at 125, right? Like you're, we're not cutting those extra 10 pounds unless like something big comes up. Like what, what are we thinking in terms of weight class? Yeah, no, I'm very happy at 125. Um, but yeah, so if the right opportunity comes something crazy, then, uh, I'm happy to go back to, well, not happy, reluctant. No, just kidding. <laughs> I'm happy to go back there. <laughs> So, so one thing that, that I've learned about you over the last couple of years, and you brought it up on the broadcast as well, you're not. You're not a big trash talker. You're not a big call out type of fighter. Now you're in the UFC. So I don't expect that to change too much for you, but are there fighters at 125 that, that you're eyeing, not from like a trash talking standpoint, but that sort of make you say to yourself, cause you love a good dog fight as much as anybody, you know what? Yeah. That'd be a lot of fun to fight her. A- anybody stick out to you? Um, no names like offhand. It's, it'll be like more like one of those ones where if I'm like, 
watching a fight, then I'll be like, oh, I should, uh, I should remember that girl because I think that would be a good matchup for me. But honestly, my, what it was is like, I had only my focus was this particular fight. And then after that fight, now I'm just like decompressing. So I, I haven't even really, um, put too much thought into it to like, uh, who, who I would want to fight or anything like that. I, uh, I'm still kind of still kind of chilling off the off of this win first, and then uh, honestly, my my coaches and the, my team they they do that. They just tell me what to do. <laughs> and it's it's just your story is just really fascinating to me because you just like you're obviously dating your coach as your boyfriend, and you just travel with him to sort of a, an event, and you just kind of hop in and and do some sparring and here we are. You're, you're a natural in the sport. And then four years later, you're in the UFC. It's just, is it just surreal to think about? Like who knew, like if, if you didn't just go in there and start sparring that one day, like who knows where you would be right now? Maybe you wouldn't be here. Like, do you think about that at all? Yeah. I think about that all the time because they're pretty much like it had to be the perfect storm in order for, for this all to happen. And, um, I'm just so happy that it did. I, I don't know. Maybe it's like MMA. MMA definitely was the one that found me. I didn't find MMA. MMA found me. And uh, it's getting windy here. I think it's going to storm. But um, but yeah, it's uh, it's surreal to to think about because my my life could have easily went in a completely different direction. Like I was I was working. I was I was living a completely normal life, and then. I found MMA and now this is my life and I'm, I'm so happy about it. And I, I can't believe that I didn't know about it before. It's, it's raining. I better get inside. You better run inside. <laughs> yeah. You want to get wet. So w- one of the things that, that, that was really cool is Niagara top team. Oh. oh, is it still working? Yep. Still working. Uh-huh. We got uh, a, another gentleman who fought on the card. Hang on Mo for one second. We will get to you in a matter of moments, but, uh, couple more things, Jazz, before we let you go. Niagara top team, obviously on the map a little more now. I know one of your goals in the sport is to give a boost to Canadian MMA. It's been one of your goals for a long time now. And, you know, you've said like, I want to be sort of the, the next George St. Pierre for the sport in terms of Canada, for your country and so forth and so on. What does that goal mean to you? You know, that that's so important to me. I, uh, I think it's so cool that like now I'm a little like more known in Canada and like the more I fight, the the more people will know me. And I, I think it like, it'd be nice for me to be able to inspire other girls, like little girls that are kind of hesitant about getting into martial arts, even if they don't compete or anything like that. I think it's super important for, for girls to be in martial arts. And uh, yeah, I would, I would love to, like kind of show like show them that if you want to do it i mean you'll look like this but but if you if you want to do it then it's definitely possible and uh just like you know follow your dreams as as silly as that is well jasmine i mean like i said a couple minutes ago your story is 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 very interesting it's it's not one you hear oftentimes in the sport You're, you're a true natural right off the bat and to see how quickly this has all happened for you. It's been pretty amazing to watch. So congratulations on the win. Congratulations on the contract. Welcome to the UFC. And uh, 
Hope we see you make your debut sooner rather than later. Thank you again for the time. Thank you so much. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, we move ahead to Mo Miller, who is joining us right now. He had an impressive performance on the Contender Series Tuesday night. He defeated Brandon Lewis. He improved to 6-0. Brandon Lewis, no longer undefeated now. He opened up a lot of eyeballs, mine included. However, he was not awarded a UFC contract. And in a lot of people's eyes, he has joined that short list of fighters who many believe got the old UFC snub. Well, let us welcome in the Mo Show right now. Mo, how are you, man? I'm doing all right, man. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's good to have you here. We are discussing a victory, yes, but normally after a performance like that, we'd be talking about how it feels to get a UFC contract. So I guess first things first, how surprised were you that, especially with the way this particular season has gone, all the winners getting contracts, even one of the fighters who took a loss got one, how surprised were you that you didn't get to go up there and collect your contract on Tuesday? Uh, yeah, I was surprised. Um, just based off of just having time to think about it, just based off of uh, who he rewarded previously uh, this season. Uh, but on my part, I don't think, uh, I guess I didn't meet the criteria to, uh, the show, you know what I mean? So I, I kind of trying to see where you're coming from, but, uh, as far as performances, uh, I think I did a good job. Yeah. How, how do you, how would you grade your performance overall in your mind? Uh, it wasn't my best, uh, I, my body was going through some things. So I, uh. I kind of knew I had to still win, if that makes sense. So uh, the contenders is all about uh, showing or, you know what I mean, being exciting. But uh, the way I felt in there, I knew I had to uh, game plan to at least get the win. You know what I mean? So I had to manage my energy a little, a little this fight. And uh, I think it was a, I think I still did a solid job. Uh, he didn't land one punch couple kicks uh maybe uh but i think i did a good job so what what was going on if you don't mind me asking what was going on with your body uh just the re rehydration process so i did this one other time my pro debut so uh and it was those who seen that fight know it's similar you know what i mean uh i kind of controlled the fight just 
because I had to kind of manage my energy and that was my own doing. I just uh, didn't refuel the right way. Uh, and that's, that's all on me. So uh, I just didn't refuel the right way. And uh, come fight time, when I was warming up, I kind of knew, I kind of felt it, you know what I mean? So uh, I just knew I had to still get the win. So uh, it was kind of game plan number two, if that makes sense. So when you're doing the warm up, is it like deja vu from your first pro fight? Are you like, oh man, not again, seriously? Yeah, yeah, it was. But I, that's why, that's how I knew the fight I had to fight. You know what I mean? Uh, because that guy was also uh, a pressure fighter. So like, you don't want to go for the finish, and he's still and he's still there. You know what I mean? And he can keep the pressure and keep the. So that kind of went through my mind, uh, like. Uh, I, I have to be efficient and manage my energy. And if I, I can't like blow my load, even though that's kind of the show you're supposed to do that on. But uh, I don't know, that kind of, I just didn't feel right uh, to keep the output up, if that makes sense. And that's all on me. Does the win soften the blow at all? Like you got to show your skills despite on, uh, how you were feeling to a lot of people, the fans, a lot of members of the media have your back and thought you deserved a contract. Does, does the victory, the support from a very tough to please community, does it make it a little less painful or is this still sort of a hard pill to swallow since Tuesday? Uh, see, I don't know how to feel like, cause I never lost in MMA. So like, but it feel like a loss kind of, you know what I mean? Cause you didn't go to get what you came for. So, or you didn't get what you came there for. So, uh, I don't really know how to feel. I just, uh, I'm just mad that I didn't uh, add the final touches and and complete that rehydration properly uh, because my coaches put a lot of work in and I was like ready to to prove uh, that I was the best in the world. And I still think I am the best in the world because that that guy, uh, I still beat him pretty easily in my opinion. Uh, and only I know the way I was feeling. You know what I mean? So I am, I know, I'm not mad at myself at all because I know how I was feeling in that guy. And he still never like put me in danger, but it is a show and I am kind of mad at myself for uh, just not doing it properly. I just didn't feel right because my coaches put a lot of work in and, uh, and I wanted them to see, or you know what I mean? I wanted them to uh, see the result. Outside of just the win and the support, I'm a silver linings kind of guy. Is there a part of you that's like, I'm kind of glad, like, I, it sucks. I made the mistake. I didn't rehydrate properly. I dealt with it. I still won the fight. But is it almost better that it happened now as opposed to your first fight in the UFC or your second fight in the UFC and have, having to deal with it that way? Or do you not see any sort of positive spin on that at all? No, because, uh, here was all about performance. You know what I mean? My first fight in the UFC, I wouldn't be graded on if I could finish him. You know what I mean? That would have been a good performance in a, on, on a normal fight day. Uh, but here's graded off performance. So I feel uh, this probably was the worst time to feel like that. Uh, but I still... I, that's how good I think I am is to still have that kind of performance and knowing the way I felt, you know what I mean? So 
I'm not mad at myself. I'm just mad I didn't get to show everything my coaches put into me. You know what I mean? That's the only thing I'm like disappointed in. Dana White said essentially that he, he saw a lot in you, but didn't feel like you were ready just yet. And, you know, what's interesting about that statement is he's given guys and gals who made their pro debuts on the show contracts, whether they're, they finished or just eked out a decision. And you have as much experience, if not more than a good ch- chunk of the contract winners over the years. Then there's cases like Brandon Lochnane, Austin Vandeford, Anthony Romero, yourself and data pass of those fighters. And we've seen what like Lochnane has done with PFL, Vandeford and Bellator. They found success elsewhere. Romero still grinding away towards a shot at the UFC, trying to prove Dana wrong. Do you feel like that with this snub that you're sort of in the same category with the Lochnanes, the Vanderfords, the Romeros? I'll even throw Danny Sabatello in there because he got like a 30-24 decision and didn't get a contract. Do you feel like your name should be on that short list of sort of all-time snubs from the Contender Series? Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> That's up for y'all to decide. Uh, I I know I'm better. I know I'm better than what I show. You know what I mean? And I didn't even, uh, and I don't even think I fought that bad. You know what I mean? But I know I just, uh, I could have put more output and I know for a fact I can finish Brandon Lewis. Uh, but I did have to be efficient to still make sure I get the win. You know what I mean? I didn't, I'm not losing. You know what I mean? So like, I did have to still be efficient just based off the way I felt. I'm mad at myself for that, but uh, I'm also proud that I still able to uh, make it flawless. Uh, I don't think he put me in any danger, but I do. I know I'm. Uh, I know I can compete with the top in the UFC. Like if you name them, I know I can compete with them, and they know it too. The fighters know it too. You know what I mean? They probably happy I didn't get picked, <laughs> but. They know. I think everybody know, and I think uh, I'll just keep winning. You know what I mean? I know I'll get there because I know how good I am. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And one thing that that Dana did say, and he said this in some of those other occasions that I just mentioned before, is that other promotions should be watching the Contender Series very closely, and if they're not, they're absolutely insane. And he expects you to be picked up soon, and then eventually you'll get your shot. How did you take those words? Like you, you want to keep winning and, keep, and get there eventually, but are you looking at it more as a, I'm going to latch on somewhere else, maybe Bellator PFL. I'm going to find success. I'm going to prove them wrong. They'll wish they never passed on me. Or is it, all right, I'm going to take Dana's words to heart and someday I'm just going to keep, I'm just going to get there whenever it happens. Uh, I didn't really listen to the press conference. <laughs> so I don't know what he said about me. Once he said no and my brain kind of just went off. So, uh, but I guess he did say he didn't think I was ready. It don't, I don't care where I go. Uh, I think, I think Bellator has a, a good division, but I also know the UFC. I know I can compete with those guys. You know what I mean? So like he can put me in there short notice against any of them top 15 or whatever. And it'll be a tough fight for them. Like I'm, I'll do everything. Uh, I need to do with the rehydration process, right? But uh, I know who I am. You know what I mean? I know I can compete with any fighter my size. Did you speak with Sean or Mick or or Dana after the fight at all? No, I just, after the fight, I just pretty much went with my family and team. So I I didn't talk to any of them. Dana even said your teammate, 
the former UFC heavyweight champion, Stipe Miocic, called him on the phone and, and put you over, man. Like, yeah, I'm even thankful that, he did he said, that. Yeah, as soon as he said that, I'm like, all right. Him and Dana and Stipe, they've had their bumpy past, but they're cool now. He's getting in. And then to hear that, did you have a chance to talk with Stipe since Saturday or since Tuesday? And if so, what advice has he given you? No, I didn't speak to anybody, really. Uh, I haven't spoken. Yeah, I haven't spoken to Stipe uh, since I left the airport. My coaches, I haven't spoken to them. I talked to my manager a little yesterday, uh, but not much. So uh, I don't know what's going on, uh, but I just know me, and I know uh, I know I'm one of the best fighters in the world at this weight. And uh, can nobody, like, tell me I'm not ready? Like, you got to show me. You know what I mean? And nobody showed me I'm not ready. So like <laughs> my, I, I don't lose any sleep because no, nobody showed me I'm not ready for the UFC. Like, so, and I'm going to keep thinking I'm the best. <laughs> As you should, that's the right mentality to have, especially in a crazy sport like this. Have, has the phone rang at all from, from, from your experience for, as, I'm sure other promotions will be calling to inquire about your services. Has that phone rang yet from what you no, know? I, no, I haven't talked to anyone. Like, literally, I haven't really talked about the fight. You're probably the first person I'm talking to. <laughs> so, like, I don't, I'm not sure what's going to happen next. Uh, I know I'm still undefeated. I know one, not one fighter ever landed a punch on me. Not one fighter ever took me down. On the feet, I mean, <laughs> as far as punching. Uh, not one fighter ever took me down. Not one fighter ever won the round. Uh, so, I don't, I don't really listen to the media or whatever uh i know i wanted the best and until somebody show me the show me i'm not then i'm gonna feel this way so if if we're up to you what's the next step like are you looking to get right back in there asap or do you want to maybe take a little time reflect on everything wait to see what happens and go from there what are you thinking right now if we're no i want to get in there asap because i don't people still don't believe you know what I mean? So like I got I know I'm the best. You know what I mean? So I no matter who I fight, I'll show them. Like uh the only time like uh this rehydration was a problem was this fight and my last fight, and they were similar. You know what I mean? Like when I had it down packed, I had four straight finishes. So like I know who I am. So I just want the next opportunity. Uh it don't matter who it is. I'm betting I can finish that fight no matter who it is or what level. So I want to go soon. So who doesn't believe? Have people been like hitting you up saying they don't believe? What's going on? Dana don't believe. Oh, Dana, well, yeah, Dana don't believe. Thought- <laughs> he the only one that mattered. You know what I mean? <laughs> so he the only one that he the only one that mattered, but like I know I can finish a lot of most fighters. You know what I mean? I just I literally didn't have, uh, not to make excuses, that's why I didn't really say much because I still had to go out there and fight. So, uh, but I know how I was feeling and what I still did, you know what I mean? So like, I know I'm uh, on a different level and until somebody show me I'm not, which no fighter came close to, then I'm the best in the world (laughs) until they show me. (laughs) Would you want to go back on like, we're in a weird time, man. COVID and fights falling out all the time. Sometimes they get rescheduled. We had a six fight card this past Tuesday. That's never happened before. 
So right. <laughs> if they called you said like, Hey, listen, we, uh, we got a card in two weeks. Our guy fell out. Want to give you another shot. Is that something you'd be open to? Yeah. Yeah. Just for the fact that it's another opportunity, but, uh, I just want a regular fight. <laughs> if like, I, I like, I like to just win and, and fight, uh, like uh, the competitions are cool, but, uh, like it's opponent based, like to, to do well, you got to have like the right opponent to, you know what I mean? Like you can't, like I had an undefeated fighter. Like, and I'm expected to like finish him super easily. You know, and I still got to win the fight. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'll take the, uh, I'll take that opportunity. I'll take any opportunity. I'll say that. What was it like walking out to nothing? Like no music, no nothing, no, not a ton of energy. Doesn't seem like for someone like yourself, you, you thrive off the energy. It's weird, right? Uh, yeah, I had my headphones on right until they opened the door. All right, so, so you I was, were, you were I was able to listen <laughs> just as much as I can. But once I get out there and make that walk, like I'm focused and I already know what I have to do. So uh, whatever is around me uh, never really bothers me. Like I actually felt, that's why I'm kind of mad at myself because I was super calm. You know what I mean? And I was able to like see everything he was doing. I just didn't have the energy to capitalize on or to push the pace even more. You know what I mean? But I know uh, like you just got to look at my other fights and like you can tell it's a difference. He wasn't my hardest fight. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't the hardest person I ever had to fight. So uh, that's why that's how I know like I'm on a different level because I know the way I felt. You know what I mean? And I still did that to him. Well, all things considered, c congratulations on the win, Mo. I, I thought you showed a lot, especially learning what I've just learned over the last 15, 20 minutes or so. I, I thought you deserved a shot. I really did. And, and quite frankly, I thought you deserve a shot over a lot of fighters this season who got contracts. I mean, good for them. No shade, no disrespect towards them. Right. Happy they got an opportunity. But uh, I can only go by these. My eyes tell me that you deserved a shot and especially learning now, you definitely deserve a shot. So I'm just going to go with what these guys tell me. So thanks again for the time, Mo. All the best moving forward, man. Any, uh, any final thoughts before we let you go? Uh, thank you for having me on this show. And uh, thank you to everyone who uh, thought I deserved the contract. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, my next fight, I'll do my best to uh, get the finish and make it a little more exciting. Uh, but I'm still undefeated. Keep following me, and uh, I'll get to the big show sooner or later. All right. We look forward to seeing that, Mo. Thank you again for the time. Thank you. All right. So let us welcome in a last-minute guest to the program this week. He's going to be making his UFC debut this Saturday against Alexander Hernandez, UFC Vegas 38 at the Apex. And... Happy to welcome former Contender Series alum, now UFC fighter, Mike Breeden. Mike, how are you, man? Good. How about you? I'm doing great. So this news came very quickly. We had found out a little bit under the radar that Leonardo Santos was out of the fight with Alexander Hernandez. I find out a couple of days later, it wasn't like exactly something we could make public, but you were the guy that was going to be stepping in. So when did you know, when did you find out that this was a thing and that you are now a UFC fighter? I think I got the call Wednesday. I was actually at Texas Roadhouse celebrating my son's 10th birthday. And um, I answered the phone. 
which I shouldn't have been answering the phone, but I'm glad I did. Um, <laughs> my manager's like, put the fork down. I said, what? He said, put the fork down. He's like, we might, we might have you something. So um, I just boxed my food up and celebrate Prince Isaac's birthday. And then when we get home from it, I get the call that, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's happening. And I was super excited. I, I, I wasn't sure if it was real. Like I've had so many like calls, like, Hey, this might happen. This might happen. And just like, it never happened. So it was just like, I just couldn't believe it. My son started crying. It was like, he says the best birthday gift he could have. Um, so I'm super pumped. That's amazing. So to, to do that in front of your son, that must've meant the world to you. Oh, it, it meant a lot. He knows what I've been through. He's been, he's my biggest fan. He's seen the up and down in this game with me. So he's, he's super excited for it. So how many close calls would you estimate that you've had saying like, oh, this, there's a chance, there's a chance this might happen. And then you find out, you know, the next day or two that they went another direction or it didn't work out. Like how, how many of those like close calls would you say you've had? Uh, maybe four, maybe five, a couple of them because I was just like, wasn't on my shit. My weight was way too high. And then the other ones was just like my end got thrown in the hat, but I didn't get chose. I remember you going on the contender series last summer and you fought Anthony Romero. It was a crazy fight. I believe you got hurt in that fight at some point, but you, but you toughed your way through it and you ended up losing unanimous decision. Can, can you talk about the injury? Like what exactly happened in that fight and, um, and some of the takeaways? Man, the leg kicks just started adding up. And that was just kind of like the first time I've like experienced like that kind of pain. Um, I just really didn't just kind of, I really didn't know where to go from there. Like, you know what I'm saying? So like, but, um, then I was just like, well, shoot, like I'm having, you know, I'm having a hard time walking. So I was like, only thing left to do is just go for it, you know? So I just like, I'm already hurt. Might as well just swing for the fences, you know, and do what I can do, switch stances and just start putting punches together, which I should have did from the get go. I, um, I just, um, I think I was just a half beat behind out the gate. I was just hesitating too much, overthinking everything. I didn't have my coaches there it was it was just a big shit show to get to there like you know what I'm saying? a bunch of factors went in but i still made it i showed up i fought you know no excuses oh so that was the car yeah that was the car jeff molina was on too and all yep. the coaches got covid right and they couldn't go yep so i didn't have any of my coaches um before then um i think i signed the contract for the contender series and like I can't remember if it was a couple of days or if it was a week. I ended up going to the hospital and having a surgery. I had a bunch of adhesion in my gut, had emergency surgery. I think it was like seven weeks, eight weeks out. I was on bed rest for three weeks, whatever, four weeks. So I only had like three, four weeks to get ready for that fight. And so it is what it is. I could control what I could control. I made it to the fight. I performed to my best of my ability with what I had, you know. But uh, here we are, you know. Just keep on showing up, keep on pushing, and now I'm in the UFC. Were you surprised that Anthony didn't get a contract that night? Um, yeah, like I, you know, I was. I know it was an exciting fight. Um, I just, I was. I kind of thought we were both going to get a contract like at the end of it. Like you know what I'm saying? So it's like I was backstage, and they're like, "Let's go back to the hotel." I'm like, no, I'm staying until he calls them damn names. I'm like, screw that. 
I was like, I just had, I, I had a feeling that we both, both were going to get a contract, but then we both didn't get one. Um, but it's all good. I'm here now. So. Yeah. You beat him to it. You're in the UFC before him. Yeah. I mean, it's just, just keep showing up and uh, keep beating that drum and chasing that dream. And here we are. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just a crazy sport. And when opportunity knocks, especially like right now, you, you got to answer. So before this one, you mentioned you had three or four different calls and a couple of them, your weight just wasn't on point. Like, did you start to get to the point where you're like, listen, I, if these calls come, I can't just, I can't keep saying my weight's a little high. I just got to get into a place where okay. I can easily cut down. Like, you know what uh, I mean? Yeah. I, I definitely had to change some things around. Um, adding more training sessions in and then eating a little bit less. But still enjoying life. Like, I have a 10 year old boy. Um, I still got to be able to take him out and enjoy life with him and stuff. So, I, I just had to find a nice balance. And I, I've got it figured out now. It's where I can stay, you know, something manageable. So, that's yeah, why we're able to take this one. So, it's going to be tough, but we're going to make it. So, where can I? It's right now, it's Monday night, five days or four. Yeah, five days before the fight as we record. Where are you at right now? Can you, are you able to say? Um, I mean, this morning I was probably around 74. So, um, two gallons in, I've been pounding water. Um, so tomorrow I'll start my no sodium and water and weight will start shedding off. Is that typically where you're at or usually a little bit lower? I'm usually a little bit lower, but we're going to make it happen. You You feel good about it? Oh yeah. Okay. Okay, Good. Yeah. Yeah. I feel good about, um, I mean, there's a lot more in line. Uh, we're gonna make it happen. All right. What? What? So you? It's Monday. Do you head out to Vegas tomorrow, Tuesday? Tomorrow morning. Yep. Obviously, Alexander Hernandez. He's been around for a while. Had came in, got that huge win over Darius on short notice, and his debut. Got a couple of wins. Had the Cowboy fight. Fight. And it's been kind of up and down since then for him. But he's still one a, a very exciting guy. A guy with a ton of potential. You, you obviously have seen him. What's your sort of familiarity with Hernandez? How do you like the matchup from a stylistic perspective? Yeah, I'm pretty familiar with him. Um, uh, his coach is um, head coach's coach. Um, so we have we kind of have the same system. So I'm familiar with him. Uh, I know what he brings to the table. He's a dangerous guy, very great fighter. But, um, you know, it's my time. You know, I can come in there and do something great and put myself right in the mix of things. Do you like, do you kind of prefer it this way, making your debut on short notice like this? Like, of course, like everyone would love to have eight to 10 weeks, but you know, you coming in, you don't have like a ton to lose here. Like it's almost like you have everything to gain. There's some pressure, but not as much. You can't really overthink anything with short notice timeframes like this. Like, do you, do you kind of prefer it this way for the first one? I do. There's not nothing to think about really just go in there and perform. I mean, and just have fun. So I, I like it. There's not really too much to think about. You don't have to sit there and think about your opponent through the whole camp. It's just, hey, let's go do this thing. Is Kraus going to corner you for this fight, or is he going to step aside? No, he's going to be there. The cheat code himself. Well, I mean, what is that like just being in the room with that guy every day? Just I can't wait to hear him in between rounds when he's coaching fighters, especially when it got what it's like a one-one fight and he gets all pissed yeah. off. It's great. <laughs> he's a wizard, man. Um, he just knows what to say to bring that out of me. Like um he knows how to get me going. And once I get going, I'm a hard man to stop. 
And then what about Dawson now that he's a 55er? I'm sure you're getting in some some damn good rounds of that guy. Grant Dawson, just such a machine. Now he's a 55. He's got a big fight coming up against Ricky Glenn uh, end of October. So I'm sure he's getting ready. What's it like just kind of mixing it up with him right now, especially since he's a, a little bit of a higher weight class than, than you used to? Oh, man, he's a killer. Um, he's always been a big boy, though, so it ain't that That's different. That's true. <laughs> So he's just right where he belongs now. He doesn't have to die to go to 45. But um, no, he he's a great round, super tough round. But that kid's a killer, though. So we get there, start the weight cut, get on the scale Friday. We make it, and then Saturday it's fight night. You walk in. By the way, did, did you think your UFC debut would be at the Apex in front of like 25 people, or did you expect it to be in a big arena? I wanted to be in a big arena, but I'm going back home. That's where I started, and I'm going to finish it this time. So. There you go. That's so, a good thing, right? So I'm familiarity. So, so how do we get this thing done? How, well, what's the headline going to read come come Saturday night? Man, it's going to be a, a barn burner. I know he's going to come after it. I have an idea what he's going to do. Uh, you know what I'm saying? He's going to try to kick on my leg again. Everybody tries to kick on my leg again. I made the adjustments. I know how to handle that now. And uh, and if he doesn't do that, he's going to try to take me down. Because once my hands start going, people start starting to shoot on me. <laughs> but, but, I mean, I'm used to that, though. But, like, I got a brown belt myself, you know. I'm no stranger to the ground. I just don't ever use it. I might have to pull it out this time around. <laughs> there you go. Is, is the family coming with you? I mean, tenure, probably a school, but no, they're, they're going to come at all? No, they're not coming out. If it was like, uh, I was like, fighting in an arena and stuff like that. I would have brought him out. Yeah. But so the next one, hopefully I can get on a pay-per-view with an arena and bring the whole squad out. Is that tough? Is that going to be a little tough for you not having them out there with you? Or are you kind of used to that being yeah, a beat up You know what I'm saying? That might be yeah. But I told him like, oh, good. Like, when it be there, it's tough, but we got to go handle business and then we'll, We'll bring him to the next one, you know? There you go. Mike, glad we got to do this, man. Congratulations on the call. Well-deserved, well-deserved opportunity for you and safe travels to Vegas. Best of luck with the weight cut, fight week, all that stuff. And we'll see you in the Octagon on Saturday, man. Appreciate the time and congratulations again on the call. All right, thank you. Mike Breeden getting and taking his shot this Saturday against Alexander Hernandez at UFC Vegas 38 at the Apex should be a highly paced, entertaining fight. Breeden always brings it. Hernandez needs a win for sure. So that should be fun. So big thank you to Mike for jumping on short notice, especially when he's trying to cut down to 155 pounds to wrap us up. Big thank you to Jasmine Jazdevizius. Best of luck to her whenever that UFC debut will take place. I'm sure it'll take place at the end of the year. And also best of luck to Mo Miller, who definitely deserves another look, whether it be a short notice UFC fight or a second contender series fight this season. Either way, super talented guy for sure. But appreciate you all checking out the program this week. Join us again next week. We're going to speak with a two-promotion regional Bantamweight champion. He's definitely on the cusp of some big things. He now holds titles in the two biggest promotions in New England. We're going to speak with another Contender Series contract winner and another Contender Series victor who was not awarded a contract. So lots to discuss next week. So we'll see you next Wednesday right here on We Got Next.
Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. And deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.